Good morning, everyone. This is Father Nate, missionary priest in Italy. Today is Sunday, April 9th of 2023, and we're celebrating the resurrection of the Lord, Easter. So a happy Easter to all. Today's gospel comes to us from the gospel according to John, chapter 20, verses 1 through 9. On the first day of the week, Mary of Magdala came to the tomb early in the morning, while it was still dark, and saw the stone removed from the tomb. So she ran and went to Simon Peter, and to the other disciple whom Jesus loved, and told them, They have taken the Lord from the tomb, and we don't know where they put him. So Peter and the other disciple went out and came to the tomb. They both ran, but the other disciple ran faster than Peter and arrived at the tomb first. He bent down and saw the burial cloths there, but did not go in. When Simon Peter arrived after him, he went into the tomb and saw the burial cloths there, and the cloth that had covered his head, not with the burial cloths, but rolled up in a separate place. Then the other disciple also went in, the one who had arrived at the tomb first, and he saw and believed. For they did not yet understand the scripture that he had to rise from the dead. Well, first and foremost, I think it's important to wish everybody a very happy Easter. It's a blessed time of year as we recall really the center of our faith, the fact that Jesus Christ suffered, died, but also rose again. It's what gives us hope in our own lives and for those around us. Now, in today's gospel, we heard about two sets of visitors to Christ's tomb. First, we have the arrival of Mary Magdalene, and then the arrival of Peter and John. If we take a moment to consider these two sets, these two groups of visitors, we can see some important truths for our own lives, and some ways that we can live out the joy of the resurrection in our families. First, we're told that Mary Magdalene came to the tomb early in the morning, while it was still dark. Now, some people say, well, this is different, right? All the other Gospels say that the first visitors came when it was already light, and it's only John's Gospel that says it was still dark when Mary went to the tomb. Really, they're saying the same thing. The word John uses for early means the last watch of the night, which is, generally speaking, roughly from 3 a.m. to 6 a.m., more or less. It makes sense that if Mary was going to go to the tomb, she had to go when there was at least a little light, so she could see where she was headed. The sun would have just been coming up, but you could still call it dark. What does this tell us? Well, it means that Mary Magdalene went as soon as possible to the tomb. Maybe she even spent the entire night awake, waiting until finally there was just barely enough light to walk towards the garden where the tomb lay. Now, what is it drew, that drew her there? Well, what drew her to the tomb was her great love for Jesus. She had sinned much in the past, but her great love, as Christ told her, had covered those sins. Fulton Sheen says there's, there's two ways of knowing how good and loving God is. One is by never losing him, by remaining innocent, and the other is to find him after we've lost him. Now, Mary Magdalene was, was of the second sort. She had lost God's grace through her sins, but once she had found it again, she never wanted to lose it. Even when Christ was crucified and laid in the tomb, her soul sought the only one who could bring her peace. Her love for the Savior was so great that as soon as she could, she sought him out. 
even though it seemed impossible that she would be able to do anything but weep, to mourn over him. In our lives, too, Christ always draws us to himself. Sometimes it's through that feeling of unhappiness, of emptiness that we have after we sin, because sin can't make anybody happy for very long. It could be that emptiness we feel when we think we have everything we want or everything we need, and yet still, something's missing. Somehow, having everything just isn't enough. Sometimes it comes in suffering. All of these are the different ways that God calls us to himself. He bids us to come to the empty tomb and to find him who is the way, the truth, and the life. We can ask ourselves, do we really seek Jesus with all our hearts, just as Mary Magdalene did? Do we seek him in the midst of our difficulties, our temptations, or challenges? Do we run to him as soon as possible? Now, after Mary sees the stone removed and the body missing, she runs to get Peter and John, who in turn run off to the tomb themselves. John, the disciple Jesus loved, arrives first, and Peter later. This too we see in our lives. All of us feel that call to follow Christ. We feel that call to perfection, or like we said, that emptiness, something that draws us to him. Now, some of us come to Christ faster. Some of us are slower. But what's important is that we need to seek him sincerely with all our hearts and to never give up until we reach our goal. Now, the disciples are confronted with what is ostensibly a curious scene. There's two details that really call our attention. First, the location of all the cloths and linens. We're told that Peter went into the tomb and saw the burial cloths there, and the cloth that had covered his head, not with a burial cloth, but rolled up in a separate place. And then second, there's this odd phrase that we have in the gospel. It says, we are told that Peter believed, but rather that John went in and he saw and believed. And yet after that, the evangelist tells us that they did not yet understand the scripture that Jesus had to rise from the dead. So the first detail that calls our attention is, is this about the burial clause. And literally what John says is that the burial clause are, are lying or resting there. The implication is that they didn't look like they had been like pulled off or taken off. They were lying there in their regular folds as if like the body of Jesus had just evaporated out of them. They were kind of like an empty cocoon. There's no sign of struggle. Nothing's in disarray. Even the, the sudarium, the, the napkin, as sometimes it's called, the, the cloth that would have been around his face, was carefully folded in a place by itself. And this is also odd because, as St. John Chrysostom points out, the Gospel tells us that Nicodemus came bringing a mixture of myrrh and aloes, weighing about 100 pounds. Why is this interesting? Well, because as John Chrysostom points out, myrrhs and myrrh and aloes, they glue the claws to the body so they can't be quickly removed. In other words, it's clear, at least to the disciples, that Christ's body hadn't been stolen in the dead of night, either by grave robbers or the Jews. Something very special happened. The second detail is that John went in and he saw and believed, and yet they did not under, yet understand the scripture that Jesus had to rise from the dead. So what is it then exactly that John believed? Well, some say that John believed Mary, that the body had been taken, but he didn't believe that Jesus had risen from the dead. 
Others, though interpreting this passage, say that John really did believe that Christ had risen from the dead, but he didn't understand how it fulfilled the scriptures. Well, what's important for us, though, in the midst of this is that sooner or later, based on what they've seen, the disciples will come to believe that Jesus has risen from the dead. These first signs, these first indications that something very special has taken place, are a gateway. They serve as the door to enter into a deeper faith. Later, the Roman soldiers and the Jews will say that the body of Jesus was stolen, and this very clearly contradicts and ignores the evidence to the contrary. Now, in our lives, too, we have the opportunity to see all the many things around us as a part of God's providence and love for us, to see everything that happens as the way he shows us his love. The world is full of the blessings that God showers upon us, and we can either see these things as his gifts, or we can ignore them like Christ's enemies did. The choice is ours. Do we see everything as a gift coming from God's hands? Or do we simply complain about the little things we have to endure and refuse to celebrate the joy of the resurrection and and that new life that Christ wants to give us? If only we turn to him and seek him with our whole hearts. As we enter this season of Easter joy, through the intercession of Mary, cause of our joy, let's ask for the grace to truly trust in God, knowing that only in him will our souls find peace and joy.